Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the hashtag Black Women Know Sports podcast. Today, I am joined by Jasmine Gigi Mason. And Gigi, I'm going to go ahead and give you the floor to introduce yourself. Okay, so my name is Jasmine Mason. I go by Gigi, two Gs. Um, I'm a four-time Olympic gold medalist. I am the founder of Black Girls Kimball 2. See, Black Girls Kimball 2. Okay. Um, got game, the Jasmine Mace Foundation. I'm a professional bowler and also an inspirational speaker. Amazing. And we're going to touch on all of those things because it's just so many things that you do for Black women in sports and for bowling. So you're fantastic. The first question that I have for you is how old were you when you first got interested in bowling? I wanted to say 10 years old. Um, but like before that, I was just like any other kid, you know, their parents like putting them into different sports or activities, trying to figure out where, you know, your niches. Um, so before that, I did like ballet, tap, jazz, swimming, chess, basketball. Everything. I know one thing I didn't do was gymnastics, though. So I did a lot of stuff. Um, and then bowling came around, and when it was introduced to my parents and I, it's actually my dad's my dad's friend and his friend's girlfriend at the time. They started the a junior bowling program to get the inner city kids off the streets. So you know, around that age, ten is when he introduced it to us, and was just like, "Hey, you know, you could get potential college scholarships." And we were like, "Huh?" Like. I tried every other every other activity thing, whatever. I was still doing it, but then bowling came along, so I was kind of doing like multiple activities at once. And then that's one of the things that I just stuck with. So yeah. Do you remember your first strike? I believe my first strike was actually before I even started really bowling, because I remember um, I had a a birthday party at the bowling center um, before I was ten years old. So it could have been like seven, eight. And then I, I remember theirs when I like vividly could remember me getting like my first strike. Wow. But as far as like when I 10 years old starting, I do not remember that. <laughs> so when you were bowling, did they go ahead and put the gutter protectors up for you when you were young or did you just go ahead and do it the adult way? Oh, no, no. I, I needed I needed some assistance. So your girl, your girl had the bumpers up for a little bit. <laughs> OK, do you remember the first person that like realized that you were really good at the sport and they were like, OK, yeah, we're going to put this girl in a big girl league because she's really good. Well, so I, I started what's called Providence Center Juniors. That was the um, league my coaches, Coach Monica and Marty, um, Monica Scott and Marty Jones, they started. And I think Coach Marty knew, um, he saw like potential in me because me and my parents don't know. We don't know nothing about bowling. We didn't know you could go to school for free for bowling. We didn't know none of that, you know? So I think he saw something special. And then, um, then I just stuck with it. It just started getting better and better. But it, it was never like this for me. No, people see all the accolades, but it was never like this. It still ain't like that. Um. So yeah. Growing up, who was your inspiration in the bowling world? I never saw myself becoming a professional bowler. I thought I was gonna play ball because I played basketball in high school. I thought I was gonna be a rapper. I rapped for a little bit, a little one too. Um. You know. So I never thought that I was gonna be a professional bowler, and I never really looked up to any professional bowlers because I. I it was a new space for me. I didn't really know anything about it. So, you know, as I was like 10 years old, 12 high school, like I still didn't really wasn't into it. And then the women's tour, it kind of went away for a little bit, a period of time. So there was really not women's bowling on TV. Um, So it's kind of weird. So the person that I looked up to was actually Coach Kim Terrell Kearney. But um, and, and for those who don't know, she's a coach, um, head coach at uh, North Carolina A&T. But she had already kind of completed her career before mine really got started anyway. And so it's kind of weird that she's a person I looked up to. I met her at a um a bowling camp, I would say. 
And then from there, we kind of like hit it off. And she's just been one of my people like throughout my entire career, who's through youth bowling, juniors, adult, Team USA, all of it, who's really helped me. So, yeah, I never had someone that I looked up to who was in bowling while I was doing it, you know, so it's kind of kind of crazy. What does bowling do for you? Is it like a form of therapy or anything like that? Um, Yes, it, it definitely is a form of therapy. But it also, too, for me, I've wanted to win on every level. So it's just something that, you know, like we all have our gifts. Um, and that's just one of my, happens to be one of my gifts. And I wanted to win on every level. So it was just like continuing to work day after day to to reach to reach my goals. Um, I've won on the junior level, the Olympic level, um, the regional level. And now I want to win, you know, on the national, the women's tour, the national uh level so it's just something that's just like ah until then i'm gonna keep working you know what i mean so yeah and so you are a four-time olympic gold medalist so you've definitely you know done this before um but what i want to know from you is how did it feel to win that for the first time it was so the first the first gold medal it was actually kind of crazy because it was my first time ever competing for team usa um for the junior team and how our team USA works is just because you are uh, you make the team doesn't necessarily mean you're picked to go compete. So it was my first year making the junior team in 2015, and then I was selected that year to go. We went to the Pan Am Games um, in Panama, and I started the first. I mean, of course, no matter what I I'm doing, you know, a little bit of like nerves, not because I'm like just like nervous, but it's just like okay, like the the competition jitters, you know, like I'm more so excited. Um, and so I started strike double gutter i had two gutters in a row i had zero pins on both tries strike double gutter strike and i was like after that i said oh my god the coaches are, are never gonna pick me again to compete at anything you know it was my first one that happened and then i just i was on a roll i i bowled really really well and i ended up getting a gold medal in the singles event and one of my teammates the guy um one of the guys on the junior team he was like Gigi, how do you get a double gutter and still want to go with metal? And I was like, you know what? Your girl don't know, but I'm very grateful for it. So that first one was really special to me, especially after throwing a double gutter because, you know, the margin is very small and every single pin counts. So that just tells me that I, I just pulled really, really well to give myself cushion, you know, because that double gutter, oh, God. <laughs> have you ever um completed like what is it called is it like a snake or something like that where it's like two and then like a split you mean yeah a split I said a snake yeah, a okay. I've definitely have picked up a couple splits before but the ones where it's like two on this side and two this side I think I might have gotten three out of the four or maybe I picked up like once a long long time ago okay okay and I was the follow-up would be like what is the hardest thing for you whenever you're bowling I would say for me um so the game is really technical, and for those, I like to simplify it to people who might not know a thing about bowling. So there's oil on the lane, and I'm just going to, like, just for people to visualize. So there's oil on the lane, right? So when you go to a bowling center, you'll see that line that says, do not cross me because you will fall type, you know? So, um, yes, so when you see the lane, like, why does it look shiny? It's because there's oil on there. So I like to say um, our game is is difficult um, or it's a challenge because there's a lot of invisible invisible variables and one of those things is being the oil on the lane um so there's a lot of things that go into play that people don't necessarily see they just see us throw the ball but there's a lot of things that go into play um and so for me i would say one of the the challenges is managing those invisible variables and figuring out what the lane is asking me to do so that i can 
execute and make good shots and you know like get some strikes on the board what the heck you know like get myself to to limit myself to the splits you know limit the amount of splits that i have so um yeah that's that's a challenge and then when when trying to figure that out it's you know a lot of mental whatever goes into play trying to just mentally i, I can be frustrated sometimes so it's just trying to stay level-headed so that i can really think my way through and try to figure out what do i need to do next to give myself a good chance to get some pins what was the major difference between collegiate bowling and Olympic bowling? Mm, that's, a, that's actually, I've never been asked that before. <laughs> that's a great question. Well, I would just say the scale because it's it's a little similar because, um, you know, for collegiate bowling, you have your team behind you. And also for Team USA, you still, in team events, you know, you have your team behind you. I would say just the difference. One is for college and one is for the country, you know, not saying like, I'm not going to put as much effort into competing in one and the other, but it's just like the, the, the stage is just a bit larger compared to like bowling for college and bowling for USA. But you have a big, the biggest obstacle that you've had to face in this sport. You said, what was the biggest obstacle I had to face? Uh, oh, that's a good question too. Oh God. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, the biggest obstacle. Can I say like a couple, maybe not like the biggest, but one, you know, well, just, being a black woman and a black athlete, like, you know, just in general, not just my sport or just my story, but, you know, the lack of resources that, you know, black people in general may have, at least growing up, you know, like the resources and maybe the access. And I'm not the only one or haven't been, which is why, you know, I created some of the things that I have to give others opportunities. But I would say that is one for sure. And then just just I feel like it would be bowling itself, you know, just kind of like me versus me on the lanes type type vibe. Yeah. Yeah. What is the biggest accomplishment outside of the four-time Olympic gold medalist that you would say you've made so far? I would say me not like on the lanes. I would definitely say the Jazz Mason Foundation or and or slash like Black Girls Kimball too. Um, so the Jazz Mason Foundation, I started that in I wanna say 2021 like 2020 2021 around there and the mission is to foster education health and nutrition to under-resourced kids and young adults through the sport of bowling um and kind of going back to i said like the lack of access and stuff like that there's that and then black girls can bowl too which is you know like to power to empower and highlight black and brown women who i feel like are are who don't get the recognition i feel like they deserve um so those i feel like are the the biggest things outside of my achievements that i've I'm very, very proud of. So you've been an inspirational speaker at LeBron James's I Promise School in 2019. So many different things that we can go on and on and list about. What is your favorite appearance or favorite speaking gig that you got so far? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, favorites. I would say the the LeBron James I Promise School, that was was one of my favorites um, as far as speaking goes. Because one, um, you know, I've, I've spoken to like some colleges, like college teams and stuff like that been on different panels but you know when you speak like to the younger kids um not necessarily saying it means more but it just might be more fresh to them you know because they still have a lot more to experience compared to someone who might be in college already um and then too being able to visit the I promise school I'm like the way they do things here I was like if we had that like foundation in a lot of schools like I feel like things would be a lot of would be very different for just people's mindset, kids' mindset in general. The world would just be different because that school is unbelievable. Um, so that was really, really cool. And then outside of that, I would say one of the CP3 events, those those are really fun. Those are those are really cool. Oh, wait, 
that and or um I was on Ellen's Game of Game show. Um so that was really fun. Oh. <laughs> yeah. A couple years ago. That that was really fun. And then um this is probably one of the top ones too. Being on Good Morning America with Mr. Robin Roberts. I was actually on my birthday. So that was a really cool birthday present. Yeah. What is the biggest lesson that you would say bowling has taught you? I would say patience for sure. That you might not necessarily have it figured out right now, but if you just stay in the moment, at least try, strive, do something because it ain't easy. So strive to stay in the moment and it's just like you'll figure it out eventually or it'll come to you so that you can't figure it out. So patience, number one. Number yeah. One. So we talked a lot about bowling. I want to yeah. know what are some things that you like to do outside of bowling? So outside of bowling, um... At least in regards to, I would say, kind of the Jazz and Mason Foundation. You know, so we have different programs where one of the programs happens to be the Black Girls Can Bowl to Exclusive Experience. We did that in, I believe, 2021 or 2022. And um, five or six girls were hand-selected and they got to train with Coach Kim Terrell and I. Um, we went to A&T or North Carolina. And, you know, so some of them... To put it in perspective, too, for those who are listening, like a lot of the girls look up to Coach Kim like someone might look up to like Bron Bron. Like everything that I'm doing, striving to do, she's already done it, you know? So like they look up to her like that. So, you know, for example, Naj, she was on your podcast episode and she went to A&T, but she never got to have Coach Kim as her coach. She kind of like missed her. So for her to be one of the ones selected and to go train with her, it was just like, you know, like, like, wow. So, you know, for them to have that experience with her, it means a lot to me. So having that program or an apparel program, helping kids with new uniforms in different leagues, um, having them be able to uh, attend different camps, you know, so just creating more meaningful programs through the foundation and getting more funds so that we can do that and create more opportunities for the kids. That's uh, like my number one priority. Um, and then, you know, just continuing to share my story um, in hopes that inspires someone, not necessarily to become a professional bowler. Like when I speak, I don't be like, hey, be a professional bowler, you know, but it's just like through my story, I hope that whatever it is they do, whether they play the violin, whether it's piano, gymnastics, uh, artists, whatever their gift is to continue to pursue it no matter what anyone says. Because in middle school and stuff, I got teased and all that, whatever, you know, and then we had like a group chat, you know, now um you know some of my classmates from then see me on tv and like we're happy you didn't listen to us and i'm like i'm happy i didn't listen to y'all okay <laughs> so Gigi, what can we expect from you next anything in the near future that you want to share um i would say i'm just continuing to work with getting funds for the foundation like those are some of my goals and we have we weren't able to do the black girls Kimball to exclusive experience the past year because of funding so that's my main goal is just getting funding for the foundation um and for me, it's just continuing working through my goals um, for bowling, um, you know, getting a national title this year. That would mean a lot to me. Um, I've done it. I've done done it on the regional scale, but want to do it on the national scale. So I'm working towards that. I'm definitely working towards getting um, sponsors. So for those who don't know, bowling is a sport that a lot of people don't even think is a sport that number one. So that's a problem. And then number two, a lot of people don't know that you can get college scholarships like your daughter, son, son or daughter. Um, or, you know, whatever they subscribe to, they can get a college scholarship and go to school for free. Like, I didn't know your girl over here went to school for free. OK, I have to pay no coin, you know, free education. Shout out to Bowen and shout out to my coach who got me into the sport, bringing more awareness to that. But we don't necessarily have the same resource as 
you would, you know, as a traditional sport, the basketball, the football, the gymnastics, the tennis. So for me, I have sponsors within the bowling um, scene, but I'm just thinking larger. And, you know, my goal is I want to be treated just like the professional athletes in NBA, NFL, you know, the same thing. Like, I see myself in the commercial. Your girl, I could say Hulu has live sports, you know? Like, I just see, like, I see for myself, you know, I've already visualized it, just having those same opportunities as they do, being in commercials, being sponsored by the Jordan brand, a hair company, like, you know, um, whatever it is, if it's my L Organics, if it's uh, Aunt Jackie's, if it's like, there's just so many, um, Taraji's hairline, like, you know, I just see so much for myself that's outside of bowling, but I feel like bowling is my segue to those things. And also to, um, you know, a lot of people, whether it's kind of weird, whether I'm in the store, my parents are just talking, like people are just like, do you do voiceovers? Because people say I sound like a cartoon. So I'm like, what the heck? You know, I hear that a lot. And that's always been one of the things that I wanted to do. And I recently got my first, um, I would say voiceover gig, like actually 2023 um, for Star Glow Media. I was like a little, little glowy. I was like a little star. Yeah. So like, it's kind of cool. So that's what I want to do. But there's just so much outside of bowling that I want to do, but bowling's a segue. So winning there, getting sponsorships and partnerships outside of that, you know, just partnering with people and just making things better, creating things to help people like, Oh, just get me fired up. Oh, my God. But yes, I know I kind of like rambled, but those are some of the things that I want to do or see for myself. Yeah. And I can totally see all of those things for you. I mean, you have such a bubbly personality and you're just so relatable as well. So I, I definitely see it. I appreciate that. <laughs> and Gigi, where can people see you and follow you? Yes. Yeah, so you can go everything related to Gigi. You can go to jazzmason.com. That's my name. G-A-Z-M-I-N-E-M-A-S-O-N.com. And like all my social media there, the different events that we talked about, the LeBron James school, the Ice Cube and and Chris, like all the TL, all everything is on there. Okay. Different things that I've done or might be doing. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Jasmine Mason, on Twitter at G Mason underscore 10. But I don't really go on Twitter much, but you can follow me if you want. Um, you know, Facebook, Jasmine G Mason. I got a TikTok now, so Jasmine at Jasmine Mason. Um, YouTube, subscribe to the YouTube channel. That's at Jazz Mason too. So like, if you can't find any of those things, you can just go to my website. All that is linked there. I have merchandise, gotgame10.com. Um, and also the foundation website as well. So if you go to jazzmason.com, all of that stuff I just said is linked to that website. So there's different links that'll take you to the different places, the merch website, the foundation website. If you would like to donate or learn more or how to partner that too. So yeah. I know you said you used to freestyle. Are we gonna get any any oh, God. <laughs> No, no, no. I'm so bad. Like I don't I'm glad that I didn't pursue that career because I'm just not even it's terrible. I'm a lot better at bowling and I was a lot better at basketball than I was a rapper. So <laughs> no freestyles from your girl. God, okay. I tried. <laughs> you did, you did, you did. I appreciate that. Well Jasmine, thank you so much for joining me. I super, super appreciate it. And I wish you all the best in your future. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I wish you all the best with the podcast. Everybody go listen to the podcast, okay? Not just episode. Go listen to every episode that she has already out in the platform, all platforms, okay? <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to the Black Woman No Sports podcast. To learn more about our speaker or to shop Black Woman No Sports apparel, 
head over to the links in my show notes. I'll see you next week with another very important guest.